Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958. 931-243-3958. Or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. My phone rang. Now, when I say my phone rang, that's that's not a bad thing. My phone rings all the time. That's why I have a phone. I was speaking at a little church in Mississippi years ago, and a little gentleman walked in, and he looked at me and said, so you're one of the Jones boys. I said, well, yes, sir, I'm, I'm one of the Jones boys. He goes, you know why there's so many Joneses in the telephone book? I said, no, sir, I have no idea why there's so many Joneses in the telephone book. He said, well, they all have telephones. <laughs> well, that's on me. I should have guessed that. So, yes, I have a telephone, and the reason I have a telephone is because I'm glad that people call me. Now, when I say that that people call me, sometimes it's to chat, sometimes it's to check on me, but very often the phone will ring, and, and I get to be involved in some really interesting, cool stuff. I remember the phone ringing and somebody saying, hey, you know, uh, I've got this limb in my yard that I'd like you to climb and help me cut out. I could climb it too. I've just bought a climbing harness at a pawn shop. Stay where you're at. I'll be over in a minute. Uh, another guy called and said, hey, I've got this tree that's broken. Do you think we could pull it together with some pulleys and some cable and, and save it? Yeah, sure, I think we can do that. We broke a 10,000-pound tree rope pulling this thing back together. Uh, my phone rang on an occasion, and my daughter said, Hey, Dad, I told some of my friends that I work with that you could build them a swing in their front yard. The next time you're in Georgia, bring your climbing stuff. Uh, I remember a guy calling and, and, and saying that he would like to uh, 
build an obstacle course out of 26 class two utility poles and we would put them in the air and build it without any modern equipment just using ropes and cables and pulleys uh, on, on one occasion, somebody called and said, I've got an 800-gallon water tank that I want to move down below my house. Now, we didn't have any water in this thing, but I went over with, with lots of rope and, and tied a giant bucket hitch to this thing. And then we lifted it in the air on the front end of a knuckle boom loader and lowered it into place using a friction knot called a Muttner hitch. Super, super cool experience. Uh, my phone rang one time and they said, hey, we're going to move Eric Rudolph from the county courthouse to the federal courthouse. Would you like to sit on top of the bank building with the snipers and watch it happen? My phone rang one time and somebody said, hey, the vice president is giving a speech and we're going to be the quick reaction force. Would you like to sit with us while we guard the vice president? And I said, yes. And I've been invited by phone calls to do lots of stuff with the police and get to watch lots of cool things. Some The phone rang one time and these this young couple said, hey, our cat is stuck in a tree. Can you come get it out? Well, I drove over there with the Wiley Coyote slingshot in my climbing gear. And this was a straight up vertical tree, had one Y in it. And the cat was sitting in the Y at about 45 feet. And I began to envision myself doing a single rope technique and climbing into the tree with this cat and using my welding gloves and my jujitsu experiment and my, my jujitsu expertise and losing an eye to this experiment. And so I said, you know, I'm going to launch uh, some lines into this tree so that I can uh, have a better approach and not have to climb the tree, you know, using spikes. I'll just climb using single rope technique. I had carefully calculated the placement of the one-pound shot bag and thought if I got it close enough to Fluffy, Fluffy might decide to exit the tree on her own recognizance. And I shot my slingshot well enough that the cat did indeed make the decision to leave. Now, I'm not a cat hater. I tease my friend Kathy all the time about cats. I love cats. I just can't eat a whole one. But I did not want to be in the tree wrestling this cat on the end of a line while it was frightened. But yeah, my phone rings all the time and I get to do some really cool stuff. I get to do some important stuff. My phone rings and it's about weddings and it's about baptisms and it's about funerals. Uh, I've had my phone ring and people be in crisis. I've had my phone ring and people want to interview me about my job as a therapist. Uh, I had the phone ring and somebody said, hey, I think my son is lost in a cave. I had the phone ring and somebody said, hey, I think my son is lost on the Flint River. I enjoy when my phone rings and I like to be able to help people. On, on, on this particular occasion, the phone rang and they said, hey, we're with the Tennessee Valley Vipers. Now, the Tennessee Valley Vipers were an indoor arena football team. And they said, our mascot, the Viper, wants to repel from the ceiling to the floor in the arena during the opening festivities of one of our football games. Can you help him? And I thought, sure, I can do that. I've repelled in the Civic Center multiple times. And so I go driving over on this afternoon to meet the Tennessee Valley Viper mascot, a, a very enthusiastic, if not eccentric, young man. And as I walked in, I noticed some things straight off. Number one, he had a very expensive, very lightweight Arcturex rock climbing harness. 
rock climbing harnesses are different from positional harnesses and they're different from fall arrest harnesses and sometimes not the best thing to use for for stunt repelling but he had one and he also had a, a, a repel device called a grigri now I've always repelled either with a, a carabiner with a, a wrap around it or, or a muntner hitch or either just a flat figure eight. And now I've got a repel rack and I've got a Grigri myself and I've used some other exotic stuff. But but for the most part, you know, what you want your repelling to be is pretty simple. Uh, a Grigri is a, what I call an active repel device. Uh, because in order for you to repel with it, you've got to activate it. You've got to, well, it's this little device and, and you open it up and you thread the rope through it and you close it. And then when you put pressure against the rope, it has this camming action, kind of an automatic catch like a seatbelt. And in order to get it to slide, you've got to overcome that camming action by pulling on this little handle. And it's a little counterintuitive. And it's a little intimidating. When, when we used to build the giant swings for the ropes courses, uh, one of the things that we would do, we'd take people up into the air by pulling them into the air on the swing. And then you've got to pull this device. It's, it's a, a halyard splice or a, a little halyard release. And uh, people would get up in the air and, and not have the strength, quote unquote, to pull that little device. And we'd lose a lot of programming time because frightened people can't always make those commitment moves. So we started building our giant swings without this mechanical device, and we would just use a, a piece of webbing wrapped around two carabiners that you hold in place. And if you let go, you're gone. It, it'll turn you loose. So it, it's a, it, it was easier to let people swing away. Well, if you're repelling and you've got to overcome this um, camming action of this repel device and you're not 100% comfortable, it can be a mess. And so I looked at this repel device on this young guy's harness. And as we were walking up the stairs to go up into the catwalk and practice our stuff, I asked him, I said, have you repelled before? Yeah, yeah, I've repelled before. Well, have you ever repelled like out of a tower or out of a helicopter or off of a bridge or, or off of anything that, that has a sense of exposure? And he had not. And so I knew that we might be in for a little bit of a problem. So we get up onto the catwalk and, and I get up on top of the rail and then I don't climb around on the rail like a flying squirrel. I've got safety lines and places to clip off to. Well, I set our rappel line up so that he doesn't have to do anything fancy. All he's got to do is clip in and slide off. Well, he starts to lean over the edge and it's probably only about 60 feet to the floor when you're standing at the top of the Civic Center, but you're just standing on a piece of metal and, and the world kind of falls away from you and that sense of exposure can, can be super intimidating. And so this guy's leaning out and he's taking the little handle on the Grigory and you take it from the nine o'clock position and you move it over to the three o'clock position. And when it gets in a three o'clock position, you've really got to give it some juice to break that cam apart so that it'll, it'll slide the rope. And, and he just can't do it. He just, I, 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 I can't do this. I, this is stuck. There's something wrong. Nothing wrong with it. It's not stuck. He just can't do it. He's a little bit intimidated, and I understand that. I'm not making fun of him. Now, his eight-year-old son is down on the floor in the middle of the arena yelling, Come on, Daddy, you can do it, and, 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 and Daddy can't do it. Well, eventually, we've got eye contact, and we're talking to him, and, and he makes the supreme effort, and, and he moves the handle, and he breaks the camming action open, and the rope slides. Now, if you're 
hanging onto a rope or a rope's hanging onto you and it moves an inch, you feel like it moved a foot. And so this might have might as well have been the, the floor of the Tower of Terror dropping out from under this guy because when he broke that cam and that rope slid a little bit, it had the same effect if, if you'd taken a cat and passed it like a football at a screen door. And when that cat hit that screen door with all 20 claws attached to it, and that's what this guy was. He was spread eagle out onto the side of the catwalk in the Civic Center, uh, both his hands and both his feet wrapped around the railing, and I'm not sure he didn't have a piece of railing in his mouth. Well, I knew then this was going to be a long afternoon getting this guy to repel. So we began to talk about what, what we needed to do to, to fix this situation. And then I realized that he's not just going to repel. He's going to repel out of the, the rafters of the Civic Center dressed in this fuzzy Viper suit. And now he's got this piece of equipment that he really doesn't use well. And he's going to be trying to manipulate it while dressed like a fuzzy cobra. Also found out that there are four guys from the county SWAT team who were going to repel with him. And so now I've got five guys, four of them are competent, one guy may or may not be, and I realize I'm going to need some help. So we made arrangements for the, 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 the county guys to meet us and also made arrangements for my dear friend Troy Farmer to come help us. As I began to explain the, the idea of the stunt to Troy, Troy said, so what you're telling me is we're going to lower a Muppet into the Civic Center arena. Well, I wouldn't have been that harsh, but yeah, that's what it boils down to. A guy in a fuzzy cobra suit looks like a green Muppet, and we're going to drop him into the middle of the arena. So we get everybody together on the next day. Uh, we take two ropes, and we, we double them on the rafters so that I've got four lines hanging down. That's one line for each of the county guys, and then I've got a separate line for the cobra the separate line for the for the Viper's mascot. Now, while we're getting ready to do all this, the Viper girls wander out onto the floor. Now, Troy is single and obsessed with all things attractive and female, and so my immediate concern is he's going to jump to his death when he sees these Viper girls. So I yelled to somebody, somebody grab Troy. Don't let him go over the edge. Now, when I, when I call these girls the Viper girls, I, I just simply mean they're the Viper girls. They're the girls who do the cheering and the dance routines for the Tennessee Valley Vipers. Now, if you're a young single man and you're listening to this podcast and you're dating a girl and her name sounds like uh, the flavor of air freshener you get at the car wash, if she's named after a Zodiac symbol or a fancy sports car, then you may indeed be involved with a Viper girl. And that's a different kind of animal, but that's for a different podcast. Anyway, we kept Troy from leaping to his death and we began to try to set up what we're going to do to get our Cobra friend, our Muppet guy, into the arena. My suggestion was that we put a rappel device upside down on one of the big I-beams, and like a, a figure eight, and run that figure eight, uh, the rope through the figure eight, and attach it to the Viper guy beneath his costume. And then all he's got to do is lean off the edge and let me lower him to the ground then he's not in charge of anything mechanical. He doesn't have to be competent. All he has to do is let go and just be lowered down to the floor. And so he thinks he can do this. Now, I, I'm thinking the problem is the grigri. And so we're not using the grigri. He didn't have to do anything about it. Well, he starts leaning forward off of the center hub of, of the Civic Center. And he gets about to where he can't recover. You know, this is one of those, you're going to the ground. And, and he starts saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. This, this is not going to happen. I can't do this. And, and I calmly said, well, you've leaned out far enough 
that it's impossible for me to get you back. I'm just going to have to take you down to the floor and you can come back up and decide if you want to do this again. And so with much uh, screaming, we get this guy leaned all the way over and, and, and down he goes. In the meantime, while this guy's working his way up, I'm trying to introduce the county guys uh, into how to use an auto block. And an auto block is, is you take an extra piece of rope and you wrap it around your rappel line and you attach it to your harness so that if your hands let go, you stop yourself automatically. This would allow these guys to hang in position before it's time to drop and not worry about their hands cramping or their hands sweating or their hands getting tired. And all you've got to do is disengage this little knot and go down. Well, while we're waiting on, on the, the Muppet guy to come back up, one of the county guys is trying this auto block system and he hangs down below the, the drop area and he looks up and says, hey, this is not really comfortable. I don't like it. And I, without thinking, I just reached over, grabbed his harness and pulled him back up onto the rafters. And he looked at me and said, I, I, I thought if you got that far over, you, you couldn't bring us back up. I said, well, that might not have been 100% true for the Cobra guy, but uh, we want him to think it's true so that he can't bail out on us. So, you know, little white lies uh, notwithstanding, we began to orchestrate a plan to get our guy out of the rafters. Well, it ends up it's game time, and we've done our rehearsals, and basically we're going to be all standing up there on the, the center hub of the Civic Center. They're going to give some kind of introduction. The lights are going to go out. The lights go out. We've got 20 seconds to deploy four ropes, let the SWAT guys rappel down, and when they take a knee, they're going to pull their flashlights out of their pockets and shine it under their hands. It looks like they've got guns with lights, and then we're going to lower our Cobra friend down out of the rafters. And it goes off without a hitch. I mean, this guy does a good job. He allows us to, to descend him from the top of the Civic Center. He even gets brave enough to turn upside down and land on the floor and do a couple of inverted push-ups, and then we drop his feet to the floor. The Viper girls un unhook him, and uh, he's a hero, and he gets to do his stunt. Now, the, pr the problem with this is that it's probably not what he had envisioned. It's, it's probably not what he wanted to do, and, and in fact, we... We had a pretty good talk about it that, you know, I want to repel into the arena. I, I, I don't want to be lowered. And I said, well, based on the difficulties that we're having, I don't think it's safe for you to try to repel on your own. And I think it's safer for me to lower you. Now, I don't have to do this. And, and technically, you don't have to do it. I, I didn't call you. you. You called me. And if you do it or not, it's not going to affect my pay because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for free. And, and when, when push comes to shove, what's your mission? You want to go from the ceiling to the floor, and you want to do it safely and be able to do it again. Well, I, I can make that happen for you, and, and nobody in the building is going to know the difference between whether you repelled or whether you were lowered unless you tell them the difference. I mean, it's the Tennessee Valley Vipers to the hundreds in attendance and the dozens watching. Nobody's going to know that, that you did anything different than the SWAT guys did unless you're just paying super, super careful, close attention. It'll never be talked about in public. Well, ta-da, it's going to be talked about on a podcast, but that's been years ago. But, but nobody knew I was in the building. Okay, so when, when we finished the stunt and Troy and I gathered the ropes and walked out, a couple of people in the upper bleachers recognized us. And they probably could put two and two together. But the bottom line was this wasn't my stunt. It wasn't my gig. I was there to help this guy do something that he'd envisioned. 
and and even though it wasn't the way he envisioned it, he still got to do the stunt that he wanted to do in his Viper costume in front of a home audience. And when he tells the story, he's not going to tell the story, hey, this little crazy guy lowered me from the ceiling. He's going to say, I entered the arena at the Civic Center with the Tennessee Valley Vipers from the top of the arena, and I floated to the floor in my Viper costume. And he'll never have to tell it any differently than that. Even though it wasn't exactly as he planned, and even though it wasn't exactly as he envisioned, he he still got to do it. And I was I was I was proud to help him. And I don't want you to think I'm being disparaging or making fun of him or anything like that. The the bottom line is there was something that he had wanted to do. And and he couldn't do it without my help. He couldn't do it without my equipment. He couldn't do it without my quote unquote expertise. And he couldn't have done it without my parameters. And so I said, look, I can help you do this. But if I'm going to help you do it, I'm going to have to be in charge of it. I'm going to have to be in charge of your safety. Because I don't want you to get hurt, and I don't want you to get hurt in front of your kid. And I don't want you to get hurt, especially because of your pride. Now, sometimes we hear the word enable. And the word enable has a, a negative connotation when you talk about somebody who enables another person to persist in self-destructive behavior or when I enable you by shielding you from your consequences. And we're not using the word enable that way. Literally, we gave this guy the ability to do something he had envisioned doing. Even though he didn't do it exactly as he envisioned it, he still got to do the stunt. He still got to make this grand entrance in, into the Civic Center. We empowered him. And empowerment is, is the idea that I can give you the freedom and the power to do what you want to do or to control what happens to you based on giving you access to my skills, my knowledge, my expertise, or my equipment, or my resources. And that's what we did. We enabled in the positive sense of the word, and we empowered in the positive sense of the word the, the, the Muppet, as Troy would say, to make his entrance into the Civic Center. And, and, and I guess, you know, we could spend some time talking about enabling, and we could talk some, some time about empowering, and we could talk about how important it is for you to use your resources to bring people to the next level or to give people an opportunity, but I'd, I'd like to go a different direction. You see, I enjoy when my phone rings. And I enjoy that, that list of, of things that I can say that I've been called to to help or to participate or to be with people, to, to, to do those things with them, whether it involves things using my rope gear, whether it involves things using my artwork, whether it involves things using my counseling uh, abilities. I like the fact that people call me and I can help them, I can empower them, and I can enable them. The confession I have to make is, is it's very difficult for me to make that same phone call. Oh, I don't mind calling somebody who's a professional and paying them to do the job. I don't mind calling somebody who has a skill set or has the resources or has the equipment and me say, look, uh, I'll pay you to do this. I have no problem with that. But, but I do struggle 
and, and I'm surrounded by competent people. I'm surrounded by people who are electrical geniuses, who are mechanical geniuses, who are engineering geniuses, who are mathematical and financial geniuses, jujitsu geniuses. And, and for whatever reason, I have trouble calling and saying, hey, look, I'm trying to do this. Can, can you help me? And I don't know if I don't want to inconvenience people. I don't know if it's that I feel inadequate. I don't know that if I'm embarrassed. I don't know if it's that I don't want to give up the control of turning my project into their project. But as much as I enjoy, as much as I enjoy having my phone ring, I do find it difficult sometimes to ring other people's phones. And, and I guess... The, the point I'd like to make here is fuzzy mascot Muppets notwithstanding. If there's something that you wish you could do, or there's something you're trying to accomplish, or there's something that you're trying to learn or master or become competent at, and you're not taking advantage of the people that you could call, you're cheating yourself, and you're probably cheating them. You're, you're robbing yourself of a blessing and you're robbing them of the opportunity to bless you and to be blessed themselves by sharing that thing that they're good at, that thing that they have possession of or that thing that they're competent in. And if there's something that you wish you could accomplish and you're not accomplishing it, the, the first place I would look and say, who do I know who can help me? And why haven't I called them? Because as, as rewarding as it is to have your phone ring, it is also rewarding and is also beneficial and it's also a blessing to ring somebody else's phone. So if there's something you need, if there's something you'd like to master, if there's a vision you have for something you'd like to accomplish, I challenge you. Think about the resource, the, the resource people you have in your lives. And don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. And don't hesitate to make their phone ring. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space. A small essay using the principles of Brazilian jiu-jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country. Some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure.